Tim Anderson and Liam Hendricks represented the Chicago White Sox in Los Angeles. What White Sox players could head to the Midsummer Classic next year? Uh, speaking of All-Stars, the Washington Nationals might be looking to trade Juan Soto. Could the White Sox be a landing spot? And I'm going to tell you what the White Sox did on day three of the MLB draft. You are Locked On White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked On White Sox. Thank you for making Locked On White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Sox. Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, just search Locked On White Sox. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Morawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan recording this podcast uh, just blocks from the ballpark in Bridgeport. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GG. TV. Really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk White Sox during this All-Star break. Uh, Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, the Sox loaded up on more arms on day three of the draft. I'm going to tell you why Juan Soto will not be heading to the White Sox and why Tony LaRusa may very well be sticking around for a while. Uh, but first, Los Angeles was the stage for the 2022 MLB All-Star Game. AL beat the NL 3-2. Uh, it was American League's ninth straight uh, win. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was uh, really hoping uh, for a tie. I don't know if you heard about this, uh, this new rule heading into the All-Star Game, but if there would have been a tie, then there would have been this home run derby competition uh, to break the tie, which uh, I was really fascinated by uh, each team picking representatives to have this little mini home run derby uh, to, to find out who the winner was going to be. That would have been really cool. I was looking for a blown save uh, by Cleveland's closer uh, and uh, NL maybe scratching a run and then seeing what this was all about. A really interesting situation that, uh, they came up with there, but AL uh, hangs on and uh, they won three to two. A um, lot of interesting stuff going on in this all-star game. Boy, it has, uh, it has been, you know, it's different year after year. They introduce new things. Um, we're going to get into some of that. Uh, Tim Anderson, uh, it was his second all-star game appearance. Uh, first time as a starter, uh, he was hitting seventh. Uh, for the American League. Uh, it was the first time the White Sox uh, had a shortstop start the game since 1970. Uh, Luis Aparicio, of course. Uh, Aparicio uh, had a string of starts for the, for the White Sox, 1958 uh, until 1964. He had a nice string of consecutive All-Star appearances, and then again in 1970. Uh, Tim Anderson was one for two, uh, had a base hit in the fourth inning, had a couple nice plays, 
uh, in the field. You know, he didn't get a, you know, starters don't play very long at all. I think uh, that's, I think why we were all scratching our heads a little bit as Sox fans when Tony LaRusso said a while ago that they were going to try to find and scramble some multiple days of rest for uh, Tim Anderson. And I know that there's a lot that goes into the event. You know, he's traveling out there and there was, you know, press activities and, you know, he's not able to do what he wants to do. Uh, but obviously only played a few innings, uh, did get a, a base hit, which was nice. Uh, you know, sometimes, uh, you, you, the, the, a lot of times as Sox fans, you have to wait throughout the game uh, because the White Sox have not had a lot of uh, starters. Uh, there have been a lot of reserve players. So uh, will a certain player get an at-bat? Last year, Tim Anderson did not get an at-bat, even though he was, uh, of course, on the team. Um, so it was nice to know that, Hey, definitely we're going to see a member of the Chicago white Sox get some action, uh, early. Uh, could this be maybe a stretch? Uh, can we see Tim Anderson maybe getting some momentum and being the starting shortstop for the American league for several years? Uh, something like Aparicio did way back when, uh, you know, Frank Thomas had a nice stretch uh, in the mid nineties. There haven't been a lot of Chicago White Sox players that you could just kind of pencil in every year. You know what? They're going to be at third base in the All-Star game or they're going to be in center field or uh, and so forth. So I don't know. Maybe this is Tim Anderson's time. Maybe he can rattle off three or four years in a row uh, at shortstop. Um, Hendricks uh, was in the game as well. Liam Hendricks was mic'd up too. Uh, Hendricks, a three-time uh, All-Star, a second time as a Chicago White Sox. Uh, Hendricks came into the game in the eighth inning uh, to get the final out of the inning. He was also uh, mic'd up in the uh, announcers asking him if they, you know, if he was going to come in and get the save in the eighth and then also come back in the ninth, essentially a four-out save. And uh, Liam was really quick. He said, you know, the White Sox won't even let him do that. Uh, so he doubted that was going to be a situation in the All-Star game. But he is animated. Uh, interesting dude to mic up. You never know what's going to fly out of his mouth. And uh, he had a little back and forth with, with Rodriguez in the outfield uh, for Seattle. Um, he caught the fly ball to end the inning. And, and Hendricks wanted that baseball. And He's just, you know, he is a likable guy. It, it is a, it's a treat watching him play, but also to see his personality, everything he has done with the community and exciting stuff. I'm just looking forward to what he can bring to the Chicago White Sox in the second half. Hopefully uh, it is more opportunities to nail down some wins. Uh, like we talked about in yesterday's episode, uh, Sox need to go on a little bit of a run if they're going to match the 2021 uh, 93 wins. Interesting moment in the game. Uh, I mean, not terribly interesting, but something that caught my ear uh, regarding uh, Byron Buxton uh, for obviously the Minnesota Twins. It was his first trip to the All-Star game, and they made a note of commenting uh, 10 years after being drafted uh, second overall, he's finally an all-star 10 years. And I had to go back and I looked at, you know, just the amount of years that he has been injured. Uh, he has had so many health issues and finally he's, uh, he's healthy elected to the all-star team so that 
uh, it makes you think a little bit about some of the guys that we have on our team, guys like Yohan Mankata, uh, maybe Aloy Jimenez, uh, where it feels like, you know, they should be an all-star, uh, especially Mankata. There's time, you know, here's, here's Bucks and you don't want to wait 10 years. Right. But, uh, here's a guy that finally is healthy and, uh, he, and he's in the all-star game. So we'll see. There's a lot of guys on our team that if they stick around as members of the Chicago White Sox, it's never too late. I think some of these guys will, will, will get to see uh, the Midsummer Classic uh, sooner rather than later. I was, uh, you know, watching this game, um, you know, pretty closely as I as I do a, a lot of different All Star games. Uh, thinking back to one of the first All Star games that you know I watched as a kid. I had I had to go back to 1989. I was probably eight years old, and here's a game where Bo Jackson, Wade Boggs, they they let off the All Star game going back to back home runs. Um, you know, this was a time where you just did not see the best of the best playing regularly. Yes, there was Sports Center, and you saw them, you know, um, you know, and, and highlights, and uh, but they, there wasn't MLB TV. There obviously wasn't you know, social media or tablets, you didn't have access to players from all over the country, the best of the best. So it was really the all-star game where, you know, these, these players that you, you had on your trade, your baseball cards, you know, came to life on TV. Uh, those, those games were so special. And of course they were wearing their own jerseys, which was kind of a cool thing to see everybody representing their own team's Jersey and this big collection uh, and that was the case for a long, long time. Uh, last year, 2021, uh, the All Star, the All Star Game featured a specific jersey. Uh, every you know, National League and American League had their own uh, jersey. Of course, coinciding with the deal with Nike. And I don't know. It last year uh, wasn't the greatest uniform. I, I didn't mind this year's, this 2022. But uh, Rob Manfred, uh, commissioner of MLB, weighed in. Uh, he, of course, praised Nike, and he added, uh, this was his quote, I never thought that a baseball team wearing different jerseys in a game was a particularly appealing look for us. Interesting quote. It's really dollars and cents. I mean, it's selling the jersey. It's selling the hat, you know, more merchandise, you know, and there's different styles of the hats and there's probably, you know, that that's going to be sold and it'll probably be sold at full price for a while. Still, you'll be able to find it at Chicago Sports Depot or on the website, all that stuff. But I kind of miss the uh, every team wearing their own jerseys. It was a bit of a rough day for Rob Manfred. You know, he interviewed on a lot of different things and, and started talking about the treatment of minor leaguers. I don't know if you saw some of this information. And uh, this is a snippet of uh, Rob Manford's response about uh, the defending the sports treatment of minor leaguers. He said, I kind of reject the premise of the question that minor league players are not paid a living wage. Uh, that prompted immediate criticism from a player's advocacy group. This is what advocates for minor leaguers had to say. Most minor league baseball players work second jobs because their annual salaries are insufficient to make ends meet. The commissioner makes an annual salary of $17.5 million. His suggestion that minor league pay is, is acceptable is both callous and false. Uh, a tough day for Rob Manford as a, uh, it usually is when he tends to open up his mouth. 
the White Sox need to find a long-term right field solution, but don't get your hopes up for Juan Soto. Uh, more on that in a moment. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at BlueNile.com. Blue Nile has simple online tools that let you choose the diamond shape, size, and clarity, as well as setting style. Blue Nile's bench jewelers will then handcraft her perfect engagement ring. Uh, each ring is one of a kind. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Lockdown Sports listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code LOCKDOWN, that's code LOCKDOWN, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress-free and find your forever piece. Go to BlueNile.com today. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Lockdown gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Lockdown NFL wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Okay, so the Washington Nationals, their superstar Juan Soto, 23 years old, a right fielder. Uh, he just won the home run derby. Uh, of course, a few days ago. Uh, you might have seen this on social media. Um, recently, this started popping up, and it created a lot of debate amongst White Sox fans, as these types of situations tend to do. Anytime there's a sniff that a major star uh, you know, might potentially uh, not be re-signing with their team, you know, of course, this always happens in the offseason, uh, but right now, you know, we're talking about it mid-season. Sources say that Juan Soto turned down a 15-year, $440 million offer that would have been the largest contract in baseball history. Uh, he is eligible to be a free agent after the 2024 uh, season. Uh, Washington Nationals are now uh, apparently open to listen listening to potential trades. Uh, some team officials no longer uh, believe they will be able to reach any long-term deal uh, with Soto. A lot of crazy uh, debates kind of popped up. I saw on Twitter and other social media uh, platforms. You might have been having these conversations with uh, Sachs uh, friends of yours. Uh, you know, what would it take? You know, could the Sox actually land uh, Juan Soto? I mean, it, it just boggles the mind. Uh, well, Bet Online uh, has got some odds that they have put out of where the next landing spot for Juan Soto will be. And right now, the New York Mets and New York Yankees, no surprise there, are front runners for the next team Soto plays for. Uh, those odds are plus 400 and plus 500, respectfully. White Sox are, are in the conversation or at the table, if you'd want to use Han speak. Uh, White Sox are ranked 13th on the list at plus 1,400. 
Uh, so what would a trade package even look like? I mean, do you do you dangle Yohan Mankata and Robert, throw in maybe Kopech, a few draft picks, a few prospects? Uh, does Aloy get talked about in there? I, I mean, I can't even imagine all of the stuff that you'd have to package together uh, for Juan Soto and for what I, you know, I don't know how much service time you're end, you're going to end up getting because I doubt it that the White Sox even think about re-signing him. I mean, four hundred million, four hundred plus. Where is he going to go to? Four fifty, four seventy. What is he looking for? Was it a situation where he just didn't want to play in Washington, uh, or was the money not quite there? You're looking at a, an organization in the Chicago White Sox where their most expensive contract came a few years ago, and that was to Yasmani Grandal, four years, $73 million, okay? White Sox are one of the very few teams to never offer a $100 million contract or more, okay? So when you start talking about even re-signing Soto, uh, that, that's not even a question, uh, could you trade for Sw- Soto? I mean, maybe, but the amount of stuff that you'd have to package together, the amount of eggs you're putting in that basket for for one guy, I just don't see it happening. I mean, there, there's a lot of a disappointment. There still is over the fact that the White Sox didn't try to bring back Carlos Rodon. And, and the same thing applies there. The White Sox just do not pay for pitching. Uh, they do not play pay that much for players. I mean, look at their track record. Yes, you know, there was some health issues and there's some questions regarding, you know, what's going on with him and and can he can he really hold up? Can he be durable? What are you really paying for? Um, I mean, even if Rodan was had a clean bill of health, he probably wasn't going to only go for two years, 44 million. But I don't think the Sox were going to even entertain that and and pay anything even close to that. The Sox just don't offer those types of contracts, especially to pitching. So the Soto thing is an interesting debate. You know, these are always fun to have, especially during the all-star break. And of course, we're only a few weeks away to the trade deadline. Um, Obviously the Nationals want to get absolutely everything they can. Uh, I don't even know what a package would look like. I mean, I, I, I would assume Robert would probably be in there. You know, maybe Kopech, um, maybe even Mankata. It's crazy to think about some of the names that we would have to give up for Soto. But then again, you've got Juan Soto, uh, but for how long? Uh, all hypothetical stuff, but stuff that was kind of bouncing around uh, social media this past week. Uh, something I also uh, stumbled upon on the NBC Sports Chicago website. Uh, it kind of maybe flew under the radar. Maybe you maybe you saw this. Uh, this was an article uh, centering on Tony Larusa and what his status is. Will he be continuing to manage this season? What about next year? He's got that three year deal, and next year is the third of the three years. Uh, so John Heyman, uh, the gentleman that Ozzy Guillen wants to box, uh, he was in. Uh, involved in this conversation, he was uh, writing emails back and forth with Jerry Reinsdorf. Now, John Heyman mentioned that Reinsdorf emailed him back stating he couldn't provide uh, that sensitive information regarding will LaRusa come back or not. But the report, uh, the reporter believes uh, from the evidence at hand that LaRusa won't be leaving anytime soon. Uh, And this is a quote from uh, John Heyman. He said, my assumption 
uh, belief regarding La Russa is La Russa is safe and will manage out the season at least this year and probably next season as well. So I don't know. Do you want to believe John Heyman? I don't know if I do. I've heard reports from other folks, uh, you know, that he might be gone uh, this week, you know, and he might be moved to a different position. (laughs) I don't know if those were real uh, reports or if that was just someone wishful thinking, but, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. The way the Sox finished that first half, uh, I got a feeling you're going to continue to see Tony La Russa uh, managing uh, the Chicago White Sox. Hey, it was day three of the MLB draft. I'm going to tell you why pitching was the focus again. More on that in a moment. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information, from live in-game betting scores and podcasts that you that have you covered. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. So draft updates for you, uh, day three specifically, uh, Sox took six pitchers, three third basemen, and an outfielder. Uh, In round 11, uh, they took an outfielder, Jordan Burke, from Miami University. In round 12, a third baseman, Brooks Baldwin, from UNC Wilmington. And then in round 13, they got back to pitching. So in round 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, it was all pitching. Uh, that round 13, right-hand pitcher Mason Adams from Jacksonville University. And round 14, left-hand pitcher Shane Murphy from Gilbert Chandler Community College in Arizona. Uh, round 15, a right-handed pitcher Billy uh, Seidel from Duke. Uh, round 16, a right-handed pitcher Tristan Stivers from Texas State. Uh, Round 17, another right-handed pitcher, Nick Altermatt from Minnesota State. And then round 18 and 19, third baseman, Bryce Willits from UC Santa Barbara and Drake Logan from Shelton State Community College in Alabama. And then in round 20, got back to pitching with a right-handed pitcher from Ohio State. Ethan Hammerberg. Lots of pitching in this 2022 draft for the Chicago White Sox. We mentioned it on the podcast recently. Uh, That is something that the Sox have needed to improve. Um, They just, they do not have a lot of depth. Uh, They do not have a lot of arms and it'd be nice to just get a lot of homegrown talent, get a lot of arms, work that through the system, see which ones that we can you know, bring to the top. And again, not all of them are going to see a White Sox uniform. It's always fascinating, the process in each and every one of these. Some of these names we might we might never talk about again. Some might be more surprising than others, but I'm, I, for one, am really uh, interested uh, with some of these arms. I'm excited that the Sox went uh, down this route. Thank you, folks, so much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast 
absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Socks. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTV. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen each and every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, really appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.